0: How many of you have ever been sick yeah how many have ever prayed for someone who is sick we all have and uh and when we read the new testament we read oh yeah jesus heals people and in our prayers we even pray and ask jesus to heal people But sometimes even as we pray, we're wondering, does Jesus really still heal? So today we're going to read about Jesus the healer, but then we're going to ask the question, does Jesus still heal today? So our passage is from Mark chapter 1, verses 29 through 34. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother in law was in bed with a fever, and they told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her by the hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon possessed. The whole town gathered at the door. And Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons. But he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. So picture the scene. Jesus and his disciples are leaving church. And they're on their way to Peter's house for lunch. And when they get to Peter's house, he lives close by, they discover that Peter's mother-in-law, who lives with them, is sick in bed with a fever or flu. Same word in the Greek, fever or flu. So Jesus asks, can I see her? And when he goes in, he takes her by the hand and lifts her up, and as she sits up in bed, the fever and the symptoms leave her, and she feels well, well enough to start preparing food and waiting on them. Well, word gets out that Jesus made grandma well and that night after sunset because that marked the end of the Sabbath <coughs> excuse me and people could start coming uh, walking a certain distance to Jesus to, to Peter's house excuse me <coughs> someone pray for my throat <laughs> after the Sabbath people could walk more than they could during the Sabbath and so they start arriving at Peter's house and they start knocking on the door and Jesus starts doing ministry out the front door of healing people and also casting out demons. And so this becomes a common thing in the Gospel of Mark and in all the Gospels, Jesus heals. Now Mark begins his Gospel by saying, That Jesus is the Son of God and that He is the Messiah. Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God is at hand and His healing ministry was a sign that indeed the kingdom had come and that He indeed was the Son of God and the Messiah. So we believe that. But now I want to ask the question today, does healing still happen? And my answer to you today is yes, and that I believe Jesus has given and passed on the ministry of healing to the church. Now, here's why I say this. In uh, Luke chapter 10, Jesus is going to send out 72 of his followers. He tells them, uh, heal the sick in the villages that you go to and tell them the kingdom of God has come. Those are not just the 12 apostles. Those are 72 people, 60 more, and they have authority to heal. Very early in church history, the the church appoints deacons. They elect deacons. And then we read later on that Philip and Stephen had gifts for healing. And so there you have some deacons that have a giftedness for healing. Uh, after Jesus and the uh, outpouring of the Spirit, the apostles have a ministry of healing. And later on, when James, Jesus' brother, writes to the church, he asks this question Are any one of you sick? Let him call for the elders. They'll lay hands on that person and they'll anoint them with oil, and the, the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. And so it seems like Jesus has. Given the ministry of healing to the church. In 1 Corinthians, when he talks about spiritual gifts, he says some people are given the gift of mercy, and some the gift of wisdom, and some the gift of faith, and some gifts of healing. Now, today, we read that and we say, oh, yeah, people have the gift of wisdom, and people have the gift of faith, and people have the gift of knowledge, and they have the gift of mercy, gifts of healing. We don't cross that out of our Bibles. The Spirit still gives people gifts of healing. So, when Jesus was on earth, his healing ministry was prolific. After Jesus ascended into heaven, the apostles carry out this ministry. They preach the gospel, and they also uh, show that the gospel is real by uh, praying for people who are sick. After the apostles are dead, the church still preaches the gospel and spreads to the Roman Empire, preaching the gospel and doing ministries of healing. And even today we see healings occur in those areas of the world where the gospel is being pioneered and preached to unbelievers. But there are more and more unbelievers living among us. And I believe praying for the sick along with the sharing of the gospel is part of the way we will preach and demonstrate the gospel in word and in deed. So how do we go about practicing this ministry of healing? I read this announcement in a church bulletin once. Remember in prayer the many who are sick of our church. So we're not going to pray for people who are sick of our church. We want to pray for people who are sick in the church. So how do we pray for the sick? Well, I think... Personal, hands-on ministry is more effective than remote ministry. Here's what I mean by that. I'll demonstrate remote first. Remote ministry is, I'm going to use someone as an example. So Bev comes to me and asks for prayer. And I go, oh yeah, yeah, I'll pray for you. And then... Um, Later that night, I'll remember, oh yeah, I'm supposed to pray for Beth. And then I go, Lord, you know, heal Beth. Okay, that's remote. Hands-on is when Beth says, Pastor Stan, will you pray for me? And I say, yes. And then I minister to her. And I put my hands on her. And I minister to her The presence, the love, and the compassion and the healing power of Jesus. Now all, whether it's remote or proximate, is good ministry. But I have found this more effective. I've seen more people healed through this kind of ministry and that person feels more loved and ministered to. So... um, we want to do a hands-on ministry. And, and whenever anyone complains to you about some ailment, offer to pray for them. And not just say, oh, I'll pray for you someday. No, pray for them right now. And um, I believe there's going to be many times when God will accompany your praying with power. Now, when I observe instances of healing in the New Testament, Healing was brought on by personal ministry. When Jesus healed people, he touched them. Later on, we'll read that the apostles healed people, and he he touched them. When James tells the church how to pray for sick people, he says, have the elders lay hands on them and anoint them with oil. They they touch their their people. Furthermore, we're a conduit of God's mercy and and love and compassion and power. We do that better when it's one-on-one or in person. And furthermore, we are conduits of God's healing. Always keep in mind, it's not us who heal. It's Jesus. We're keeping in mind his power, his compassion, his love, and we are conduits of it. And by touching another, we are um, really demonstrating that we are conduits of of Jesus' presence. So now let me ask Well, is faith required to heal? And I will say yes, but I am not teaching faith healing. Faith healing is when if you have enough faith, then you'll be healed. Or the person praying has enough faith, uh, and then they'll be healed. And if there isn't enough faith, then you're not healed. Well, that's kind of faith and faith itself. And We don't have faith in faith. We have faith in Jesus. And so we always want to keep in mind that this is Jesus doing this. Furthermore, if someone is not healed and God doesn't heal everybody, what does that say to that person? Oh, I guess you just didn't have enough faith? That's cruel and wrong and damaging and, I think, spiritually abusive. So I'm not teaching faith healing. But I am saying that faith is required. Often when Jesus healed, he asked, do you believe I can do this? Do you believe? Uh, Sometimes after he healed someone, he would say, your faith has made you whole. And then uh, a lack of faith seemed to interfere with healing. In Mark chapter 6, 5 through 6, we read, he could not do many miracles there in Nazareth, except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. And so in Nazareth, you know, Jesus grew up there. They probably thought, oh, yeah, i got just a carpenter. We've never seen anything that unusual from him. There wasn't a lot of faith. And somehow, Jesus could not and did not do many miracles there. And then in James chapter 5, where elders are told to lay hands and pray for the sick. James says the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. So now, how do we pray for people? Because I'm going to tell you, start praying for people. I give you permission. I give you authority to do this. So how do we do it? Does anyone want me to pray for them? We've found all this stuff, to use an exact Jill. Okay, come on up. Thank you. Okay. And we'll be praying for people after the service too, but Jill has come forward for prayer. Um, Bob, why don't you join me, okay? You're an elder. Hank, why don't you join me, okay? So Jill has asked for prayer, okay? So here's what I'm going to do first. I'm going to ask her, Okay, what do you need prayer for? For my vision, I have glaucoma and some other eye conditions. Okay, so Jill is saying I have glaucoma and I have some other eye conditions, All right? So she needs her sight restored, all right? So I'm going to ask, can I put my hands on you? Okay, I'm also going to ask, can I put oil on you, anoint you with oil? Okay, so I'm going to anoint you with oil. If you don't have any oil, that's okay. If you have some oil at home, you know olive oil works. But Jill, I'm going to anoint you with oil in the name of the Father, and Son, and Holy Spirit. Represents the Spirit. Now we're going to lay hands on Jill. Okay? I've asked her, can I put my hands on you? And now I'm going to wait. My temptation is to fill the silence with words. I don't want to do that. I want to see if the Lord gives me anything to pray. I'm just going to pray as God leads me. Um, My daughter, I am with you, says the Lord. I've made myself known to you, my presence is with you. And now, Lord, I'm going to pray that you show Jill mercy by restoring her sight and stopping the progress of the glaucoma. We're gonna speak healing to her eyes and we're gonna pray in the name of Jesus, his name is mighty. We're gonna pray that her eyesight, that the progression of the bad vision will be stopped and that there will be actual reversal of it and that eyesight and better vision would come to her. Pray, Lord, for the pressure in her eye to be decreased. And then I can talk during my prayer to Jill or to the other members of my team. Hank, do you have anything to pray? or break the work of the evil one. Go ahead and pray that. Lord, we pray that you would rebuke the work of the evil one and that you would give her clarity of physical and spiritual science. And Lord, we pray, we pray that you would bless both Jill and Bob. I pray, Lord, that your peace would rest on their house. Thank you for the tender love for which he has loved his wife. And we pray, Lord, that you would do this because you love her and to testify that you are mighty and great. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, um, afterward I could ask Jill, you know, how she feels. Okay. But did you at least feel loved? Yes. Okay, and blessed? Yes. Okay. All right. So, regardless, you can can sit there. Now, thank you. You, The person who's prayed for always feels blessed. All right. Um, But, I'm expecting some good news from Jill in the next few days, right? And, Sometimes people need to be prayed for over and over again. I just find that healing is oftentimes progressive. Uh, Jesus does inner healing too. This is where we have woundedness. And we can bring that to Jesus, but that takes longer. I think of it as a ball of twine or different kinds of threads. Each one a wound. They have to be unraveled. Each one brought to Jesus A lot of time, the woundedness is from lies that we have believed from our upbringing or from the evil one, and the truth of Jesus has to be spoken into it. And so inner healing takes longer, but Jesus heals memories and woundedness as well. Now, uh, in talking about healing, we have to admit that not everyone we pray for is healed. Uh, Paul, for example, was known to be able to heal people. And yet he writes this to Timothy and he says, uh, Drink some wine for your stomach's sake. So Paul's prescribing something for Timothy because he has this chronic condition. He writes in another letter that Epaphroditus was ill and almost died. And you're thinking, well, Paul, why didn't you just heal him? But it it didn't happen. He writes in another letter, I left Trophimus sick in Miletus. Well, Paul, don't you have the ability to heal? Why did you have to leave them behind? But Paul did. And and Paul himself had a a physical affliction that he asked the Lord to heal. And the Lord said, I'm not going to heal you. um, But my grace is sufficient for you. And the Lord said, your, my strength will be manifested in your weakness. And so supernatural healing is not always the way that, that God heals. He also heals through medicine and through doctors. And Paul traveled with a physician, and I'm sure Luke ministered to Paul at times through his medical skills. And I think Christian physicians have their own ministry of healing. They minister through their science. But um, I've had a doctor in this congregation who was doing a little minor you know, surgery on me. He prayed for me before that. You can do that. Or you, just, you can pray that, that God gives you wisdom and skill in your, your ministry. I also find that God works through natural processes. Our mighty bodies are remarkably good at healing themselves. God designed them. And when we give our bodies what they need, they do a pretty good job of self-repair. So let's not abuse our bodies. I also find that a combination of prayer and psychological health and physical health care practitioners really create optimum conditions for healing. There are times when I've prayed for people and the word I got from the Lord was, go see a doctor. I was praying for my daughter once and Um, and I was just quiet and and wanting the Lord to just direct me and and in a whisper I heard the Lord say have her hormones checked and I did and that that cleared up what we were she was suffering and we were suffering as a family but the Lord could have healed her but he didn't he said go to a doctor All right. so there's times when I've prayed for people and the word the Lord gives me is send them to that doctor So, um, also, our habits can make us sick. And so if we're going to stay healed, we have to kind of repent of our bad habits. A few years back, I'm doing, I'm at a session meeting. And at the end of this, during the session meeting, I, I told my elders just in passing that my back was killing me. And so after the meeting, one of my elders asked me, Pastor Stan, can I pray for your back? And I said, okay. So uh, he prayed for my back and, and when he said these words, he says, I pray that in the name of Jesus the stress in your back would be released. And just then, my back just stopped hurting and the muscles like relaxed and I was free. I mean, I could have done the contra dance just then. So, and then he said to me, you're carrying stress in your back. Give that stress to Jesus. Now, I carry stress in my back if I'm stressed. Some people carry it in their heads and get headaches. Some people carry it in their shoulders and their neck. Some people carry it in their stomachs. If we're carrying stress, then we get sick. If we have high blood sugar and we keep eating carbs and sugar, we'll get sick. Even if we get healing for it, we'll introduce into our our bodies the things that that are making us sick. And so take care of your bodies. Now, even though God heals, we are still subject to decay. We all die. There is a time when it's time to go home. I lost my father this past March, and... When I heard of his cancer diagnosis, I started to pray for my dad. And so about two weeks into the diagnosis, I'm praying for his healing, because I'm thinking, hey, automatically, I should just be praying that he gets healed, but I sensed a a check in my spirit. And if I'm doing well in my prayer life, it isn't just me talking, it's listening also. And so I just stopped and I listened. And I sensed the Lord saying, I'm not going to heal him. I'm going to take him home. And this will be more merciful. It's not exactly what I wanted to hear, but it's what the Lord had spoken. And then this obscure verse comes to mind. Just obscure. It's when David had taken a census and counted as fighting men and God told him not to count as fighting men because he wanted David to trust him and not the strength of his army. And David counted them anyway. And now God says, okay, you, you did what I, with that, what I told you not to do. So now there's consequences. And here's three things that could happen. And God names three things. And God says, okay, you choose. And David says, no, you choose. Because I know you. And I know you are merciful. I can trust the mercy of God even if I don't see people healed. So, God doesn't heal everyone we ask Him to heal, and God doesn't always tell us why. He is sovereign, He chooses. Eventually all of us die. All of us suffer the effects of the fall. We get old. We get sick. We're susceptible to illness. We pass on faulty genetics to our children. We we live on an earth that's polluted with unseen toxins that we eat and drink and and breathe. We live with the effects of the fall. And ultimately, our healing is not found on a corrupted earth. Our healing is found in resurrected bodies that will never get sick and will never die and will live forever on a new heaven and a new earth. That said, even though our healing is future, I believe Jesus still heals today as a demonstration of who he is. In the book, The Lord of the Rings, J.R. Tolkien, writing with a, a Christian narrative in mind, puts words in Gandalf's mouth, and Gandalf says this, the hands of the king are the hands of a healer, and so shall the rightful king be known. The hands of Jesus are the hands of a healer. Is healing made he and his kingdom known? So, church, I encourage you to ask for the ministry of healing. Elders in the congregation, these people are your sheep. Minister to them the ministry of healing. Some of you have the gift of healing. I preached this sermon on Thursday night and Kenzie uh, came up to me after the service and said, you know, when I was sick in the hospital, some elders and deacons prayed for me, and after they prayed for me, I felt better, and I went home the next day. There's also deacons in our church that are, um, when when they pray for people, the people who are prayed for by them sense God's uh, power going into them. So some people are just... (laughs) gifted at this, and if you think that, hey, I might be gifted at this, um, let us know. We'll help you develop your gift. Sometimes you can know um, because your hands will become really hot as you pray for people, and I'll pray at the end of the service today that if you have that gift, that God will just let you know in some way. After the service today, um, I'll have elders come forward, and you can receive prayer after the service but, but humbly come to Jesus. If we had read further in Mark, we would have read that Jesus came across a leper and the leper said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And the text says Jesus, full of compassion, said, I am willing. Be clean. And he touched him and The leper was healed. Jesus is willing to heal, but we have to ask him to heal us. And I find that he most often ministers healing through us, his people, who are willing to surrender to the Spirit and to minister to our fellow saints and to those who do not know him. Let me finish with a story about humility and healing. At this time in my life, I was a geologist at Chevron, and I had a friend at Chevron invite me to attend his church, and he went to the Vineyard Church in Anaheim. So um, I agreed to go with him on a particular date, and... The Saturday before I went with him to his church service, I had just arrived from a trip to Columbia, South America. So um, I'm with him at the vineyard, and it's not my experience. I grew up in this conservative Presbyterian church. They kind of had, Pastor Hank mentioned the word cessationist last week, not sensational, but cessationist. They kind of believed, they didn't say it, but they practiced it like, these gifts of the Spirit have ceased, and we don't really expect the supernatural. We have our theology, you know. So that's kind of the church I was, I was brought up in. And so I go to this service at the vineyard, and after their worship and after the message, John Wimber gets up after the final song, and he has what he calls words of knowledge, and so he says, uh, there's a guy here who just got back from Columbia. And uh, he has a parasite. And it's giving him diarrhea. And if he comes forward, he'll be healed. And I'm sitting in the congregation. I just got back from Colombia, And yep, I got something, right? But I'm sitting there like this. And I'm saying, I don't believe this. This can't be happening. This isn't my theological grid. And the real reason, deep down, I didn't want the whole congregation to know I had diarrhea. <laughs> so I did not go up. Did not get prayed for. And as time went on, I just got sicker and sicker. And I went to various doctors and first time I went to, just kind of scratched their heads. And finally, I went to a doctor that specialized in missionaries. And they're always coming back with some kind of bug. And so he diagnosed it and prescribed this medicine and put me on this restrictive diet for a while. And for about six weeks, I was sick. And when I was sick, I would say to myself, Stan, because of your pride, you were not healed. The leper said to Jesus, Jesus, if you're willing, you could make me clean. Jesus, I am willing. And full of compassion, he touched him, and he was clean. Humbly come to Jesus. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that you regenerated us with power that the Apostle Paul said was the same power that was at work when you raised Jesus from the dead. So us even knowing you is a work of power. We thank you. We've experienced it. I pray that you would use that same power to regenerate those who who do not know you. Lord, do a work of regeneration in their life. I pray for those who are suffering in their bodies. Lord, I pray that you'd minister healing to them. Cause them even now to just sense your spirit sweeping over them. pray that if there's anyone in our church that you've given the gift of healing to and maybe they don't know it, well, I pray that you show them somehow. Maybe it'll be their hands getting hot. Maybe they'll pray for something, someone today and they'll be healed. But uh, Lord, this gift has been given to the church. Will you show us whom you have gifted? Later on, our elders will pray for the sick. We pray that... Um, people would be healed and would experience your touch because their elders have loved them. And now, Lord, we pray for our offering. We pray that your glory may go to the ends of the earth and the money we collect will go to send people with that message. And so, Lord, we participate with you in the spread of your gospel. And we give because we love you, and we love your kingdom, and we love your gospel. We want everyone to know it. So we give. Bless these gifts, Lord, and give them effect. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.